Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. As a new Western Union customer, you can enjoy a $0 transfer fee on your first international online money transfer. Send money to your loved ones back home the fast, easy, and reliable way. Visit westernunion.com or download their app today to get started. And your first transfer fee is free. Services offered by Western Union Financial Services, Inc., NMLS 906983 or Western Union International Services, LLC, NMLS 906985, FX Gain Supply. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. It was a trip because we threw kids for a loop. I think they were so well, they were so excited to see Charma Travis come out on stage so close to them because we were playing small club. All of a sudden, kids were like, wait a second, this is a whole different trip, you know? And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Quentin. I've got my brother Travis with me as always, and we are back in school, dude. School's in session. Uh, dude, I just got these dope-ass Converse All-Stars. They're high tops. It's not really a big deal, but I can't tell right now if you're making a joke. If you got some sweet new fucking covers. Oh, <laughs> no, no, man. It's it has been since high school. If we're going to talk about cons, didn't you get the limited edition John Lennon Converse? Yeah, there were these really cool. They were like cream colored. They had like this little doodle of John Lennon. It was a doodle that he did himself and it was him. Sitting on top of the world. All about that world peace, right? Well, that was the, it was released for, it was like, uh, it had like the lyrics to something like that. I had the lyrics to imagine like along the, the rubber, like the, the edge of the shoe. And it had like the word imagine and like, I don't know, Chinese script or something. It was fucking cool. That is cool. Uh, and rather than just keeping them all sealed up in the box, I wore the shit out of them because they were badass. Anyways, man, what? How did we already get off track so badly? <laughs> did you ever wear Converse All-Stars, dude? Or was that just me? Uh, probably just you. Oh, okay. I I had my Airwalks, though. Remember those? Yeah, dude. That, that was like... That's the funny thing about Airwalks is like... That's synonymous with like the skater crowd. Never once did I jump on a skateboard. Not once. Me neither. Yeah. We were listening to Blink-182, as we talked about last week. 
and we weren't even, I mean, we were, you know, we could have at least tried to skateboard, you know, so that we could be a proper poser. But, <laughs> um, no, dude, no. we were, we, we weren't even, we were, we were bad at posing as punks. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I listened to, to, well, I shouldn't say I listened to metal in high school. I listened to Metallica in high school. Um, and I never once looked, wore the clothing that a metal head would wear or hung out with metal heads. Painted like, your fingernails black. Nah, yeah, exactly. For me, like, music has never defined, like, the type of person I am. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? How it does for some people where it's part of their, like, scene, part of their uh, identity and whatnot. Like, music is definitely part of my identity, but not, like, a specific genre that is, like, tied to... You know, the Your group fashion. that I that I run with or the fashion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh huh. What are we doing? Oh yeah, we're recording an episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Yeah, we're talking about boxcar racer today, yes. right? Q? Yes, yes, yes. And now last week we covered Blink one eighty two and their date well, I almost said debut album. <laughs> and their nineteen ninety nine album, Enema of the State. I mean, it was the the debut of Travis Barker behind the kit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. As far as uh, you know, their records go. At least. And the reason that I said school's in session, just in case you missed our episode last week, we are going back to school in the sense that we are covering bands that we listen to exclusively in either middle school or high school. No, that, that's a good that's a good uh, way to put it, because some of these bands, especially the ones in the next few weeks, the, the, the amount of time that we listened to them heavily was during middle school and high school, and now they're just more bands that we that we go back to for nostalgia, but we don't enjoy the music that they continue to put out. A lot of these right. are like, I listened to one album and one album only, you know, for a because, lot of these bands. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It came out in, in our formative years and that's what we relate to, you know what I mean? Versus spoon or even the, the strokes, right. Bands that we have appreciated for forever, basically, and still listen to and tune into what they put out. Like these are bands that, we're very much, you know, tied to our school years. So Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> this is a roundabout way of getting to the meat of this episode. This is our sidetrack for our Blink 182 episode, and we're covering Boxcar Racer, which was a little side project that Tom Delange started with Travis Barker in uh they they started playing together around two thousand one. Uh they only released one album, it was a self titled that came out in 2002. So, you and I were freshmen in high school in 2002. So, this can be uh, the start of our high school jamming. I, I yes. know for sure I listened to this album in high school. I know I listened to it when it came out because there was just so much buzz around the fact that that the boys from Blink were starting a side project. And, and to be clear, it, it was just two out of the three. Right. It was two-thirds of Blink. So, the two, the two Ts. So, actually, now... More specifically, it, this is just Tom's thing. Well, what we learned about Tom, uh, Travis is that he's down to drum for anyone at a moment's notice, basically. So, Yeah, yeah. Um, but he pulled in Travis simply because he didn't want to pay for a studio drummer. <laughs> That's what he said. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And so this all started when Tom started playing more acoustic guitar during the recordings of Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. And he started writing darker songs. 
from what I read, he he was going through some some back issues and he had to have surgery. So he was kind of down and out for a little bit. And he said that his mind just started kind of uh, steering towards more darker <laughs> lyrics, like into the world kind of stuff. And he thought that these kind of ideas just wasn't going to fit well at all with Blink-182. Uh, and they had a little bit of free time in between touring for Blink. And so he decided to jump into the studio and record some songs that that he thought just would not work for Blink. Well, that yeah. I mean, what we talked about last week with, with Blink, like, aside from Adam's song, which was about depression and suicide, like, the point of the band was to just stick around and have fun. You know, it was about, hey, you know, let's go to a Blink show and just sing out loud to songs about diarrhea and whatnot because it's just funny and, like, we're here to have a good time. So that's kind of interesting and and it makes you wonder how many how many songs are are, are written in some sort of a, a lyric notebook or something like that either mark or tom right that that just got shelved because they're like well this is certainly not a blink song that i've written right and you know i don't have a side project at the moment so yeah so that's interesting uh he said it's really just something to do in some spare time that was only expected to be on the low list of the totem pole f- of priorities in my life uh, just to have another experimental creative outlet. He says, this is just for fun in the few days we have off from our real jobs, meaning Blink-182. Yeah. But, so here's the deal. A lot of people think that the that Boxcar Racer kind of led to the falling out between Tom and Mark uh, because Mark felt really betrayed and jealous uh over boxcar racer because to him this was tom pulling travis in to do a project and leaving him out he didn't know that tom literally just thought oh i'll use travis so i don't have to pay a studio drummer and so he felt left out he felt betrayed i mean i get that i totally get that i get it but i mean so this this kind of reminds me of um when dave grohl oh yeah did queens of the stone age and I mean, now that was that was because of like trouble that they were already having in the band, right? Yeah, uh, like they were already having some turmoil and stuff. But um, similar, right? I mean, he steps aside to do Queens of the Stone Age, and then Foo Fighters kind of went on hiatus, right? Yeah, and the rest of the the guys in Foo were they, they felt horrible about it. They felt betrayed. Yeah. So one more thing I want to say um, regarding what Boxcar Racer eventually did to Blink. I'm going to quote Tom one more time. Uh, He was interviewed by MTV, and I can't find a date on this interview. But this was after Blink-182's self-titled, which was their final album before they went on a pretty long hiatus. And that one came out in 2003. To me, that's that's their best work. And it is a lot darker than Enema and Take Off Your Pants. That's exactly what I was going to bring up, is that, to me, Boxcar Racer sounds like some of the things that they started to do uh, and were writing for their self-titled, which I agree is their best, their best work. So yeah, I think, I don't know if it's true that we can say, or if, or if it is known that like, like boxcar racer is responsible for what blink ended up ultimately sounding like. I mean, is that safe to say? Yeah. Because Tom started writing uh more experimental, you know, more dark kind of stuff. 
And his guitar styling changed a lot, too. When he started playing more acoustic guitar, he started experimenting more uh, behind the guitar as well. So Yeah, that's cool. Tom started to feel trapped in Blink. And so this was his first way out to uh, his first way to to kind of explore more different creative uh, sounds and styles. So let me read this quote from Tom. He says, one of the craziest things about Boxcar Racer is that it was both the greatest and the worst thing for Blink. It was obviously the reason why we made that last record. He's referring to the self-titled, which I thought was a masterpiece but it also caused a great division in the band. It was really hard for Mark. He thought it was really lame. Travis and I went and did that. But it was a totally benign thing on my part. I only asked Travis to play drums because I didn't want to pay for a studio drummer. It wasn't ever meant to be a real band. So Mark never probably just didn't believe that kind of thing. Yeah, when right. told him, like, dude, I just didn't want to pay for a studio drummer. Right. He, Mark's, in, Mark's just thinking, yeah, right, dude, you're just saying that to make me feel better. So let's play a song. Uh, we're only going to cover one today. This is my favorite on the record. It's weird because I thought for sure this one was a single because I listened. Uh, this is the one I remember most from the record. Uh, so this song is called Letters to God. that song Trav? so oh yeah and i know what i know what's coming too so i know what the second clip's gonna be <laughs> yeah but yeah i'm looking at the lyrics um he seems like he's uh like contemplating like just his life in general and like i don't even know if we need to read the lyrics because they're clear as day i mean yeah he's i think he's writing about a person who is either about to die or has already died and he's asking right. god for another fucking chance yeah because he's saying like uh, you know, I should have asked. I could have helped at least a fucking thousand times before. Yeah, as in, like, I could like, have. Please been give me another a better chance. Person. Yeah, maybe I don't want to go. Yeah, with the life that I lived, I'm going to hell. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> this this is interesting. Will this offer get me in? Right. Or does this prove that they gave more? I mean, that sounds to me like straight up like you're um, giving your offerings at the church or whatever. Like, well, this yeah. extra dollar to happen. <laughs> right. Kind of bullshit. Yeah. So, but I mean, dude, these kind of lyrics—you can't sing about this stuff on a Blink record. No, <laughs> you know? not at all. Not at all. I mean, that would 
kill the vibes at a at a Blink concert instantly. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, and and yeah, and that so that little clip I played at the intro, um, they were interviewed before the album was released. Interviewed backstage after uh, one of their concerts. They they played four concerts before the album was released, uh, and they were playing really small venues. So a lot every single one of them responded saying like yeah it was, it's really weird because we had all these kids you know crowding the stage you know, really up close and personal because these are smaller venues and they're super excited because they're seeing travis and tom in a new band at a small venue and then we start playing and they're just staring at us like yeah what the, what the hell like they just don't know what to expect yeah and it's just a totally different trip is what uh that one guy says so let me name off the roster uh, along with Travis and Tom, we've also got David Kennedy, who also played in a band called Over My Dead Body, which is a, quote, straight-edge hardcore band. Uh, straight-edge hardcore straight edge. band. Yeah, you remember what straight-edge means? You don't do drugs? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what a weird <laughs> subgenre. Uh, like, and then, what, do they have to do, like, a drug test, like, consistently <laughs> to prove that they're straight-edge? I don't know, man. For all I know, that's like a specific genre of hardcore music or something. Yeah, Who yeah. knows? But um, and then they brought in bass player Anthony Celestino to tour with him. All of these guys are, are super close friends with Tom and Travis, and they've all been friends since grade school. So okay. Uh, so Mark, freaking calm down, dude. He only pulled in Travis because he didn't want to pay a studio drummer. The other guys are fucking longtime friends. Right. Relax. But now, so now Mark is sitting at the like he's outside of the window, like looking into the studio. You know, so here's the deal, man. And our outro song is going to be uh, track 12 on this album. And Mark Hoppus himself is featured on vocals. So he is on one of the songs on Boxcar Racer. He just felt like they left him out of the project as a whole. <laughs> well, so what, he just got his what? feelings hurt, man. You yeah, know? just just calm down, Mark. You know, I get it. Just though. Calm you know, down. Yeah, I, I know you now, get it, too. I mean, I don't. I don't know this off the top of my head, but Angels and Airwaves yes. was was Mark involved in that, or was it? Was that just a solo Tom? Project? I think that was just Tom, and that happened right after I read that Tom literally the same day um, after their last day of recording in the studio for uh, the self titled Blink record. That same day, he. Uh, started writing and recording stuff for Angels and Airwaves. He already had all that shit ready to go. Well, it makes you wonder, did because, you know, as we know, like this, the self-titled Blink-182 record was the last Blink project for a long time. Like, was that yeah. known? Like, okay, after this, we're going on a hiatus, and that's why he immediately went out and, and did his own thing. Because he was like, okay, I'm done with Blink. Let me just, like wash my hands of blank and, and, and move on with my life kind of thing, you know? Well, Travis was already doing stuff with the transplants as well. Okay, yeah. And dude, you know what? I, I completely forgot about this until I, re- I read... Remember Travis had a reality TV show? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do that was that. around that time as well. Yeah, so they were looking um, for ways to make extra moolah because their gravy yeah. train. Yeah, and what Mark stopped. was doing around this time or, or shortly after, uh, he was producing records for bands. So, okay. yeah, they were all doing their own thing. Tom was the only one that kind of didn't go public about it. Apparently, he isolated himself for like three weeks right after Blink went on hiatus and just kind of avoided interviews 
post Blink. He was just so obsessed with Angels and Airwaves being like the biggest band in the planet that he wanted to get everything right. And so he just kind of avoided the spotlight for a little bit. But anyways, dude, we got one more clip to play. Oh, yeah. Uh, but before we play clip two, let's take a quick break. So let's play our last clip. I, I really cut out just a few like seconds of the song. Um, but there's a really cool piano solo and I'm going to fade us in around that part. That's the part that you looked forward to when you hit play on that track. Oh, especially, uh, how old were you then? 15? Yeah, we probably thought this was the shit. Yeah, so this is the part that, that makes me think um, that, yeah, like you said, if Tom is exploring um, and, and playing the guitar in different ways, like this was what led to the kind of stuff that he was doing on the self-titled Blink record for sure. Because there's, there's some like chord progressions and stuff that sound very very similar to that on the blink record so yeah uh, yeah that's really cool yeah i i like this album a lot i think it holds up for for the kind of you know post hardcore emo punk kind of stuff that was happening in the early 2000s i think this is a solid album uh definitely helps to have barker behind the kit but i think it's a really cool acoustic really quiet not just your standard like muted guitar strumming you know power chord kind of stuff yeah the power chords yeah sure um but you know and the intro was acoustic right there probably is i don't know off the top of my head but there's not very many if 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 any blink one two songs that have an acoustic guitar you know well we need to go back and listen to take off your pants then because apparently tom was playing a lot of acoustic guitar during the recording sessions of take off your pants and jacket that's what led to this but does that mean, I don't know if that meant it made it on the record. Though. If it made it on the record. Yeah, I don't know, man. I haven't listened to that album in a long time. I actually really like Take Off Your Bands. Me too. And I wish I, I wish I could think off the top of my head if there are any songs with, with acoustic guitar in there. I don't think there is. There might be like an intro or yeah. something like that that starts out acoustic, but I mean, not off the top of my head. 
I mean, it, you know, if, if anything, it would be um, stay together for the kids. Yeah. But man. nope, I just push play and then no. no. <laughs> Again, if if they did it, it was thrown in as like, you know, like a bridge or like an outro or intro. Yeah. Um, right. With, anyway. with with electric guitar on top of it, maybe. Yes. You know, it's probably more, maybe more in the background. Really great Blink songs on that record. Um, yeah. When you listen to Enema of the State, then take off your pants and jacket, and then the self-titled record, which, you know, that's... That's the order that they came out in. Aside yeah. from the the live record, like you can hear you can hear the progression and evolution of yeah. Blink because, like yeah. you know, Enema was just them just sticking around, having fun. Take off your pants, you know. They they start to progress a little bit. Yeah, they definitely they definitely started to uh, experiment more with 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 guitar styling. So yeah, a lot yeah. of it is Tom. It has to be Tom, and because of course with Travis. He can do anything. He can do whatever. Everything at all times. So he's just yeah. gonna, he'll do whatever. Like I was saying earlier in the last episode, whenever I see Mark in an interview, the guy just seems like he's just he's just there to have fun, dude. You know. So yeah. you leave it to okay. Tom, who's so who's, maybe he just wanted to continue doing, you know, riding that gravy train with the with the formula that they created, and he yeah. didn't want to stray off and do anything serious. Right. Yeah, that could be it too. And you know, when we know that Mister. Tom is going out in the backyard, looking up, contemplating aliens every night. Like, yeah, <laughs> right. he's gonna, you know, he's gonna write some more serious stuff. So anyway, yeah, man, um, definitely a good sidetrack for Blink. Everybody remembers this record. If you were a fan of Blink, you probably remember this record because, like you said, Q, um, it was so different than the Blink stuff. But it's, I mean, Tom's voice is just so unmistakable, you know. And so unique too. Yeah, and and again, this is still like he- heavy in the age of MTV. So, guarantee you, we were hearing about this, and they were probably hyping the crap out of this album because yeah. it's Travis and Tom, right? So, yeah, man, that's that's really all I got. All I got for us today. All right, man, I got a really good track here for for my what you heard. So. I got a good one too. And I'm I'm starting first this time. Okay, okay, fair enough. All right, so I just heard this song. On another random, I think I was, I was playing a, a radio playlist on Spotify. And Spotify, if you're listening, can you throw us some bones? God. <laughs> so uh, this is an album by an artist who goes by Barry. And that is actually her first name. Her name's Barry Lindsay. Uh, and this is a project she started uh, working on. Uh, re- really, it's just an artist who is refining her pop songs and in my opinion perfecting them it's just a really solid uh dream pop record it reminds me a lot of do you remember that artist jsom that i played a few tracks from last year i think she shows up on our top 100 or at least our our favorite songs from 2019 um or hatchy do you remember that artist hatchy yeah yeah i do yeah same vibe really great just good feeling uh pop record uh i'm just gonna play let's see uh i'm gonna play track four on the record i'll just let it speak for itself uh this is again an an artist who goes by barry b-a-r-r-i-e album is called happy to be here came out in 2019 the song is called habits
Yeah, it's a great track. That's the whole album, dude. Yeah, I really like the um, the the guitar that, tone that and the effects is, and stuff. Is awesome. Yeah, really yeah. cool. Yeah, really cool. So again, that's that's an artist that goes by Barry. That was a song called Habits off of their debut album, Happy to Be Here. All right, dude, what you got for me, brother? What you been heard? All right, Q. Um, so we've been watching a lot of movies, a lot of TV shows in quarantine, right? We're on the so, same boat, dude. Trust me. Yeah. So we watched a, a movie last week that I had never seen before, never heard of before, but it was amazing. It was great. Um, it's kind of a comedy drama. You can call it a dramedy, Q. <laughs> uh, it was called 20th Century Women. Came out in 2016, and it is a kind of a coming of age story about a a mother, uh, an older lady um, who is raising her her teenage son um, by herself. Essentially, she has a boarding house where she's got like a few people living in there, and you know she is kind of intimidated by having to raise this kid, and so she enlists the help of some other females in her life to help raise them okay that's the gist of it and it takes place in uh southern california in 1979 very specific year and that plays into the movie quite a bit because a lot of the a lot of the movie is based around punk rock music which makes it even that much more amazing because one of the one of the uh ladies living in her boarding house is sort of this artist, this punk fan of punk rock music who's like a photographer and she takes this teenage boy to like these early punk rock shows and stuff to kind of like get him out of the house and like, you know, get him to feel kind of like a, you know, loosen up a bit and like experience life and all this kind of cool stuff. So there's a ton of punk rock in the movie throughout the film and Talking Heads specifically plays a huge role, actually, in the film. The kid wears a Talking Heads shirt and gets beat up at school because uh, this kid was like, you know, black flag or, you know, bust, basically. So he sees him wearing a Talking Heads shirt, beats him up, and then spray paints like a, a, a expletive that I won't say out loud, Q, on the side of the, uh, the beetle bug that he drives, you know. Anyway, um, there's this really cool scene where the punk rock chick is listening to a record with a teenage kid and the mom walks in. She's playing this record from a band called the raincoats. And it's a song called fairy tale in the supermarket, which is what what my track is. And, um, the mom just kind of jokingly says, can't things just be pretty like talking about the punk rock because it sounded harsh and stuff. And then the, the photographer punk rock, girl says well this is what happens when your passion is bigger than the tools you have to deal with it so just talking about punk rock in general right like the spirit of punk That's rock a cool quote really cool quote i remember it stood out to me and i had to like look it up so i could so i could say it on this podcast but anyway so now we're going to listen to that track that they were listening to in the movie um again it's a band called the raincoats and they are a british experimental post-punk band that formed in 1977 um this record in particular came out in 1979 it's a self-titled record and again this song is called fairy tale in the supermarket
Dude, I'm all about that. All day, every day. Let me tell you, dude. My favorite punk bands are girl punk bands. Always yeah. and forever, dude. Yeah. No, they... Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. That actually reminds me, when I heard this... I, I'm going to try to remember the the name of the band, man, but it was something that we covered on on our our blog that we used to run called um, New Dust. Uh, I think they were called like... Sorry, man. I can't do it. Can't, I can't help you. I can't pull it on my ass. But it was like Sorry, the, uh, the widows. The widows. Look it up right oh, now. You did dude. it, man. You did it. The widows. Proud of you. I think. Uh, uh, nope. Uh, nope. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely Shit. Not. Uh, Sorry, man. Uh, gra- grass widow. Grass widow. <laughs> man. All right. Grass Am I leaving all widow. this in, bro? You can if you want, man. Yeah. Okay. Grass widow. But yeah, oh, okay. I, I recognize yeah, that album that? cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scroll down. Yeah. We're gonna play this song right now, dude. It's gonna be a double what you heard. All right. What song? Uh, tattoo. Fucking love it. Anyway, um, so that was 2009. So that's 30 years later, right? Yeah. Which is pretty cool to think about. Um, but yeah, so what's interesting about that band, The Raincoats, I have a quote from the the lead singer of that band. Uh, her name was Jenna Birch. She said that she saw, she was inspired to make the, to start the band Raincoats after seeing The Slits perform live earlier that year, which was another uh, you know, female-led um, punk band, right? And she said that in an interview, she said, <laughs> in an interview for She Shreds magazine, she says, it was as if suddenly I was given permission. It never occurred to me that I could be in a band. Girls didn't do that. But when I saw the slits doing it, I thought, this is me. This is mine. And so it's it's very fitting that that was chosen for this movie, because part of the whole thing was like this teenage boy is essentially raised by uh, like a feminist punk rocker and like his mom who's in her you know 60s really interesting really good movie um if you're a fan of punk rock or just music in general like you have to watch it it's it's all about that kind of stuff especially you know punk rock in the late 70s you know so anyway that was a long ass fucking that was a long along and convoluted what you heard but anyway um yeah man that's it cool that's what we got for you let's wrap this puppy up do you want to tease what we're doing next week yes q all right now as we as we have mentioned some of the stuff that we're going to talk about in the coming weeks are going to be maybe a little bit more obscure and this band well how would you describe them q are they emo? 
Emo with a with a little punk flavor splash. Yes, in. yes, yes, yes. That's good. Uh, okay, so this band is called Hot Rod Circuit, and we are going to talk about their 2002 record, Sorry About Tomorrow. So I don't know if this is going to work out for us, dude, but we might be going in sequential order here. <laughs> you said Boxcar Razor came out in 2002 as well? It, it did. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to look up the months because I don't care that much, but yeah, this record, man, there's something about it. Um, it, it yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of a very specific time in our lives. Yes. Uh, a very specific summer. Dude, I should say. I can, I can picture in my mind the CDR with Hot Rod Circuit scribbled on the top in Sharpie. Like this was one of those albums that we probably pirated online, burned it to a CD, and we just got our license that year, so we were fucking free, dude. Well, we would have we would have gotten our license the following year, two thousand two. Oh, well, we were fifteen, but we we were learning to drive though. We were getting our permit, that kind of thing. Who's to say that we actually heard Hot Rod Circuit in two thousand two? Fair enough. Fair enough. I just remember yeah. listening to this album with the windows rolled down. Yes, driving my own car and feeling like a free man. Right. This album has some some killer tracks on it, dude. I'm really and, excited uh, to play these songs. Yeah. Anyway, so we're talking about a record called Sorry About Tomorrow by Hot Rod Circuit. And that will be the next stop queue in our in our bus, our school bus, as we're making our way through our high school years. This would have been our freshman year in high school, like you said. Making so. our way downtown. Watching something and something homebound. I don't know the lyrics to that song, but you know what? That probably came out around the same time. No, dude, that would have been nineties, right? Who was that, Sarah McLaughlin? Uh, no, I, I I can never remember the name. Um, Let's look it sure? up, dude. No, I'm curious. curious. Making my way, I, a thousand miles by Vanessa Carlton. That's what I I'm never saying. would ever remember that name. That's what I'm saying, dude. It's one of those names I can never remember. That must have been her only her only hit. Her only hit, dude, she just came out with an album this year. Oh, you know what's funny? What? That song came out in 2002. Thank you. Same year, man. Thank you. I don't know why, but I thought that was a 90s track, so there's much (laughs) I know. All right, man. All right, Q. So I'm excited about that as well, Um, and it's going to allow us to just ease right into email, Q. So, spoiler alert. I can't wait for the next few months, dude. I can't wait. It's going to be good. All right, man. Let's wrap it up. Tired of yapping. So, uh, you can find us on our website, nofillerpodcast.com, where you can play all of our episodes, all 100 plus, 120 plus. Like, what's our count up to now, dude? I don't even know. I don't know. It's, yeah. All of our episodes, going back to episode one, we have show notes for each episode where we have our track list, every song that you heard on this episode is on the show notes page as well as any um, any articles that we may have pulled information from or cited um and yeah you can also find us q on the pantheon podcast network which is a network of like-minded podcasts all about music so go to pantheonpodcasts.com and you can find us there as well as plenty of other great music podcasts for your enjoyment all right q That'll do it. That'll do it. And uh, for our outro song, we're going to play another song from Boxcar Racer. This one also features Mark Hoppus on vocals. Uh, they kind of do like a trading, like a back and forth thing. Uh, this song is called 
elevator. Uh, so that's going to fade us out. And uh, yeah, we'll shout at you next week. Thank you, as always, for listening. My name is Quentin. My name is Travis. Y'all take care. of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. I'm sorry, I can't operate on that vehicle. The doctor, you took an oath. That RV, it's my son's RV. Oh, doctor, isn't there anything you can do? I'm not a miracle worker, Sheila. I'm an RV surgeon, trained to save the lives of large injured recreational vehicles, which is definitely a real profession. When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms.